tinfoil hat. Oh, what the fuck are you guys even talking about? Global controls will have to be imposed. And a world governing body will be created to enforce them. Welcome to tinfoil hat. We, 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 we go deep, homeboy. Eric, open your mind. Drink. Good morning, Swarm, and welcome to Tim Fall Hat. You know I am. You know what I'm here to do. I'm here to rock. Joining me as always is Mi Amigo Xavier Guerrero. What? And on the ones and twos, the gnomes <laughs> love them. Jay Nice, Johnny Woodard. What's happening, buddy? Johnny, when are you just going to go by Jay Nice, just like he does, Xavier Guerrero? So when they put you on Epstein's flight logs, we know it's not real. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah uh, that's probably not going to happen. Because uh, okay, I, I would have to explain to people why I was called that and... It would be weird. So, yeah, dude. You know, uh, I hope you guys enjoyed the big five-year uh, the five year anniversary show. A lot of great things are going on here. A lot of great things. Uh, live shows up. The Wazoo coming. The Hammer of the Gods Tour 2022 is coming, and it's kicking off big time. Uh, let's see where I'm at. I'm in uh, Simi Valley on the 13th, right? Mm-hmm. Then I'm at uh, Buffalo. I'm at the. I'm with my good friend Howie Dewey, who is on. Um, who is on Cash Daddy's coming up, right? Broken Sim coming out. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah excuse me. Uh, he is from Cash Daddy's. He's on Broken Sim. Yeah, it probably will be out by the time this episode is. So okay, check it so out. go check it out. Broken it's real Simulation. funny. It's a long one. It's a telethon. So yeah, we yeah, yeah, we, money. We we're like, we're long, just yeah. gonna do an hour, three hours later. You know, it's a problem. Yeah. So we're gonna be at Buffalo at Helium's January twenty. 21st, 22nd. And, and the 20th. And 20, 21st, 22nd. That's in Buffalo. And then the following weekend, Tim Fall Hat's first big show. It is going to be January 28th at, at the Harvells uh, in Long Beach. Two shows. First show stand up. Second show is the, um, is the uh, Swarm Tank where you get to compete. Can, you can. Pitch your favorite conspiracy to your favorite conspiracy podcasters and conspiracy theorists. And guess what? Jay Nice has agreed to be there doing stand-up, joining us. And guess who else is going to be there? The man, the myth, the legend himself. Ryan off the grid Davis will be there. He's going to join us live during the swarm tank. Okay. And then the following night, a bunch of us, I don't know if Giants going to want to go out to Bakersfield, but the rest of us will be in Bakersfield and we will be doing, uh, the well again, two shows. That's the 29th of January, uh, a stand up and then uh swarm tank. So it's going to be great. These shows are great. And then I'm just going to say for right now, Tanvali is booked. February 19th is the first show for uh, the Conspiracy Social Club uh, live debate show, stand-up and then debate in Las Vegas at the same place we did uh, the 500. Oh, nice. So myself, Brian Callen, we're going to have our first debate show Oh, ever. I might have to come out for that. That yeah. sounds awesome. You no, know, we're going to have our live debate show. Dude, I'm going to come see that. Bring sure. love. It's all love. I might bring my girlfriend to that, actually. I'm that, ready to, that'll be fun. I'm ready to watch him take all the L's. 
<laughs> They'll be live. We're, we're doing deals right now. That'll be February 19th in Las Vegas, the first show. Uh, we're, we're going back to where we did the 500th, okay? Uh, new T-shirt up, man. Ooh. Go check it out. New T-shirt, PsyOps versus everyone. Okay, or everybody? Is it everybody? Everyone. PsyOps versus everyone. Uh, I love the shirt that's available, T-shirt, or as a uh, hoodie, okay? Get that. That's great. Great way to support the show. If you're looking for the shirts, just go to samtriplee.com. Click on the Sam Tripoli or the Tinfoil Hat T-shirts.com banner. And below that is the Conspiracy Social Club banner as well. If you want to get some shirts from that show as well. Uh, do you have any live shows coming up? No, nope, we're we good to go. Okay. And then just go, please check out our, uh, check out Rockfin, R-O-K-F-I-N.com. And you'll be able to see all of our, our premium content. Every show I do premium content wise is available on Rockfin for $10. All of it. All my shows. Anybody's on the show. For $10, you get all my shows. You get all Whitney Webb show, Jimmy Dore show, Jason Burmese show, and all of the wonderful people on Rockfin. Everybody you miss. Eric Dubay's on there. Everybody's on there. Everybody's on Rockfin. Go check it out. Enjoy it while we can. You know, it's like it's a real outlaw area. And guess what? Outlaws build everything. So go check that out. And my final thing is my GoFundMe should be up by the time this comes out. Uh, I am raising... I'm going to have the exact link, but I'm raising money to animate my special. And I would love your help. And I'm putting together the tiers and so that you can uh, be a part of it and see your name up on the screen when you watch it. So all that yeah. is good. Can you get? Can I get my face in, in the animation as one of the characters? Is that one of the tiers? Ooh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do a couple gay jokes. You'll be every guy in the bottom. Cool, man. Uh, I, I'm down for that. Done deal, dude. Okay. Do Maybe I can see if there's time to put people's faces in Hey, stuff. well, there is going to be a... That's the early bird thing. If you got to get it early yeah. if you want to be in it. Like $1,000 you get in. Yeah, because you're going to be doing stand-up to people so there yeah. has to be a crowd of oh, faces that's a great point hey yeah, that could dude. be their faces that, there we go oh shit bang bang pow ping ping pow can i be silver robot guy that's all i'm asking it's not in the joke but i, I i'll have you sitting you, oh okay that's yeah. my older spec yeah, i'm okay. doing for the one i just put out oh i thought you were animating the viper room thing oh, no i'm intervening oh, yeah. i'm i'm doing the, the one dallas one. Okay. yeah yeah I yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. and then i'm getting right i'm getting close to being able to do another one, but I'm in no hurry at this point. So I love you all very much. Uh, this is a great show. Uh, we have Robert uh, Bernstein on, and uh, it was it was a it was a conversation that flew. It was a lot of fun, and I hope you enjoy it and uh, enjoy the show. We go deep, homeboy. Open your mind. All right, let's get into it. Very excited to have this gentleman on you. Uh, a lot of people enjoyed my appearance on uh, Part of the Problem, Dave Smith's Part of the Problem, and I uh, got a ton of great feedback on it. This guy was uh, one of the stand-ups in it, and he was my bro brother in conspiracies on stage, him and I lecturing these people, dropping the hammer of the yeah. gods on these unsuspecting fools. I'm very excited to have him on. Please welcome Robert Bernstein. How are you, brother? I'm doing great. And dude, that live show is a ton of fun. We got to do more of those. Uh, tell us a little bit about you, you, for those who aren't familiar with you, you and your podcast. Tell us a little bit about it. 
Absolutely. So uh, I got two podcasts. I do uh, part of the problem with Dave Smith. Uh, we're three times a week. We're kind of the biggest libertarian podcast. And then I got my podcast, Run Your Mouth, with the, which uh, I research the hell out of a lot of important topics. Then I just talk a lot, bunch of nonsense. So a little bit, a little bit of everything. Uh, it sounds like you're doing some fun, fun stuff. And when you do fun stuff and you're learning, it's not real work, right? It's like people think I'm a crazy person because I got 3,000 podcasts and stuff like that. But each podcast is specific to something I want to learn in my life. So it's not really like a lot of work. Yeah, sometimes I get burnt out here and there. But, you know, for the most part, I, I like I love it because I'm always learning something and i think that's important like i would love to sit down and read books i'm reading about you know dulles right now and what a piece of shit that guy was and what he did to our country and i enjoy reading it but i enjoy i enjoy podcasting more i enjoy i'd rather talk to the author than actually read the book i read because you know i'm told that's what intellectual people do so i try to keep that skill going and i would like to be able to uh pass that skill on to my daughters but uh, I, I just want to say something about Dave Smith and why I love him very much, uh, and I love your show very much, is because I, uh, because I think Dave's a, a really great at, okay, not wanting to identify as a conspiracy theorist, maybe not even being a conspiracy theorist, but open-minded to that the possibility that there are quote-unquote conspiracies out there. Now, Dave, being a guy who you see constantly rallying against the two-party system in politics and the military-industrial complex, I would say he's a conspiracy theorist. You know, there are people who don't think that. Um, you know, Scott Horton is really good at his job, but I, I always notice that Scott is so hard to shoot down, quote-unquote, conspiracies uh, because no, because there's a group of people, and I love Scott. This is not negative against Scott because I could say the same thing for a long time about Jimmy Dore, but Jimmy Dore seems to be more open to it. And Abby Martin, who I think is fucking wonderful, you know, they're very scared to be labeled in the conspiracy world. But Dave Smith, and I love everybody I mentioned, Dave Smith seems to always be like, well, I might not be into that, but I, I I'm open minded to that. It's possible. Do you? What are your thoughts on that? Well, first, with what you were saying about actually uh, doing your homework uh, and reading or having people on to discuss these issues, I think you and I are a similar kind of crazy. Where I kind of need to work, and sometimes I find it shocking. Where I'm sitting down, I'm reading medical journals, I'm trying to understand the stats behind these uh, vaccines are a fictional lie and aren't going to help anybody. But you know, we get into that in a bit. But like sometimes like I like I didn't do well in school. So sometimes I'm like shocked by the fact that I'm so motivated by the fact I'm doing the podcast. And I'm trying to understand things. I'll actually sit down and read. And I'm like, this is good. I'm, I'm actually using my brain, not just doing a bunch of drugs. Uh, so <laughs> just speaking to like the doing your homework part. I think you might be that kind of crazy also where it's like like the work is the reward. And the fact that I actually find something that gives me like the ability to focus. I enjoy uh, per Dave. Like, I think, uh, I think he's just open-minded and he knows that the, uh, governments are enemy. So sometimes, you know, he might not go as balls out deep that, Hey, I think, you know, Bill Gates is in a back room with someone else and they're making these decisions, but he's very open to the fact that there's evil there. Uh, and he knows that there's evil there. So, you know, I think he's just very open to any of these ideas. And that's why I love him. Like he, you know. Of course, when I go on any show, like I did, uh, lose, I did Legion of Skanks when they did uh, on New Year's last year. It was a lot of fun. 
And I mean, it took me forever to get paid for, by Lewis, but that's a different story. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> no, I love Lewis. Lewis is the Vince McMahon of podcasting. He is, uh, he's so good at what he does, and I, I will always show him that love and respect because it's not easy what he does. Um, but back to uh, this whole, you know, so I, bring, I get brought on, and Lewis always is like, okay, what's well, a big conspiracy? And, you know, and uh, as soon as I, uh, I was about to talk, Michael Bisbing jumps in. He's like, it ain't that fucking flat earth. And, you know, and I'm like, who are you looking at saying that? But that was a different story. But, you know, and then they start debating the flat earth and how retarded the flat earth people are in their eyes. And then Dave said, listen, I don't know what it is. And I don't, I'm not, but I, I he said something that, and I really like, let me know what type of person Dave is. He goes, I don't know this or that, but I know that those flat earth people do way more research than anybody else. And that really resonated with me because I'm like, that guy, that guy, whatever you want to say about the flat earth people, you cannot say they haven't done their research and they haven't like, whether you agree with the research or not, that's another thing, but they are coming to every conversation locked and loaded dog. Also, you, you got to respect the personality. If you're a flat earth person, you're literally denying every, like everything about the way our reality is portrayed to us. You're going, we are not on a sphere that's floating through space. They've lied about everything to the point that the earth is actually flat. Think about how open of a mind that person has to have. And that's what Dave loves because, you know, if someone's got, got that much of an open mind to say that I don't even think we're on a ball, right? They're going to be pretty open to the idea that government's lying to them and that they're the enemy. Well, I, I'm really hoping, and we'll get into you know uh, some Corona stuff, but I'm really hoping that this this pulling back of the uh, uh, the curtain on the science community will open people's mind not that the Earth is flat because again I I can't I haven't gotten high enough to tell you okay I, I'm my best friend is like the face of flat Earth. But that's where it starts. Well, okay, we can't hear him. Yeah, go on. But, but, but that's where it starts. That's that's if, if you start off if you start believing that oh COVID's not real and they've all been lying yes. to them you start being yes. like boy is the flat Earth real you know so it starts getting real weird when it starts with there and then you go deep that's way too deep but well and then I love that that what Robert said which is like you know it's like okay what else are they lying to me about you know for me it's like flat Earthers like are really deep on that but for me it's like okay if they're lying to me about this. What else are they lying to me about? And that's how you end up just going yep. deeper and deeper and deeper to the point where you may not be like, I, I might not be, oh, it's it's a it's a flat earth, but I go, hey dude, they lied to me about all this. Why wouldn't they be lying to me about it, that? It might not be flat earth, but it ain't what they're saying. One hundred percent married different. to the ball. Yeah. That's yeah. what that is. Are you married to the ball? That means are you one hundred percent sure it's a sphere? Where's your what's your take on it, Robert? Because I'm a realm guy. Uh, Okay, uh, I it, it starts just getting a little bit too weird to me. So I'm not saying that it's not true. I don't understand the incentives behind that lie. Like, I don't understand why the powers that be would benefit from convincing us we're on a sphere when we're actually on a flat plane. So I don't, I don't really understand why they would have invested that much into it. Uh, and it seems like, it, it just seems like a lot would go into that lie. So it seems weird to me, but that doesn't mean I'm not open to it and I haven't researched it enough to say, hey, this is a bunch of bullshit. Do you, um, are you at, uh, 
the the answer to, to in my humble opinion to that, and, and, and this is just my perspective. I'm not trying to convince you of anything, but if you're asking me why would they lie about that, to me, even if we're not even going to talk about flat, just talk about like the rewriting of our history is a you know just you know with the last episode we just did with this indigenous all uh, woman, uh, it's just like. It's really about disconnecting you from how special you are and your connection to source, which gets to conspiracy leads to spirituality. It always, if it's done correctly, it leads to that. So, you know, the whole theory that we're on a ball hurling through space and all these things are doing this, the whole thing has been the talk. Like, you're a speck of shit, dog. That's what they want you to think. You're a speck of shit uh, hurling in a rock. And that's, at some point, these aliens will come in, the sh- in ships, and they're going to be so powerful that you're going to have to suck all their dicks, dog. You're going to have to suck all their dicks, <laughs> and there's nothing you can do. You're going to be sucking alien dicks. But even if you want like you a more material is, motivation, is alien dick NASA, gonna, What's that? No, I was going to ask you. I mean, it sounds like he had a smart question. I was just going to ask if you thought alien dicks would be easy to suck. Like, are they quick uh, to get uh, off? Are they a decent size to get in your mouth? Or do you think it's like going to be a whole contraption? You really got to work it. Well, since they look so much like Asians and Asian writing oh, looks God. like alien writing, uh-huh. I would say they're tiny dicks. That's what I'm thinking. I, don't, I think they're beyond reproducing biologically. Oh, so you don't think yeah. they even have dicks? No, it's yeah. like it's smooth down there like Ken dolls. Yeah. Whoa, Johnny. Yeah. But no, what I was going to say, you might like, have to just rub it. <laughs> the motivation, if you need like a more, you know, uh, traditional motivation for faking it, and I, I, I don't think the Earth is flat, but NASA is, you know, a hell of a way to launder money through the government, you know, just to, big, to funnel yeah. money to nothing and, and spend it in dark, you know, dark programs. Uh, the question becomes, um, go on, Robert, sorry. No, I was going to say I'm I'm on board with your uh, concept of if they can just disconnect us from truth, they kind of keep us more in their consumer system. Uh, like I know I was never a good student, but part of that is because it took me till I got out of school to realize they were lying to me. And there's a discomfort of just sitting somewhere and know that you're being lied to. Uh, so there is something very interesting about that idea to me that like if they're just disconnecting us from the reality of even our physical reality, that we're actually on a flat plane, you know, like the entire our entire existence kind of is constructed around a lie or an illusion. There's going to be some element of discomfort there, which definitely fuels kind of the consumerist culture that they're looking for. So I could buy that as being an incentive for, you know, the big lie. So, you know, you bring up school. I, I, I'm like you, brother. I, I never was better than a C plus student. I, I, I'll lie to people saying B minus just <laughs> sound better. But now as I kind of learn this whole thing about kind of what you're talking about with school and all that stuff, I'm kind of like, yeah, I was C plus student. I, my entire fourth grade, I spent, uh, you know, lunchtime in detention hall. I had to sit while all the kids were playing. I had to sit. And I had to sit in the hallway because I, I wasn't playing along. And that was, and it's not that the teacher was a bad person. My, my, my parents were both teachers. They were trying to do their best, but they were working in a system that rewarded those who comply. What does that sound like? And punishes those who don't comply as much as you can punish a four, fourth grader. Right. But it really was about just like, Hey man, you are, you know, it's like, we're doing it this way. If you don't do it this way, you're, you're, you're in uh you're in detention. And so now I, you know, my, I would just look around and like, man, I, I mean, I'm killing it right now in life. I work very hard I, from seven in the morning till about midnight. I'm going all day, 
but it's things that I love. But man, I'm thriving right now. And you kind of look at like not people in my class. I'm not talking about anybody. Ever. I just had my reunion. Everybody's doing well. But when you when you look at like um, a lot of things, like the complying people, they comply because they think that there's going to be a reward at the end. And then I think at some point they just find that they're trapped. I mean, like, look how many jobs you get where you just comply, 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 and now you're in a dead-end job, and yeah, you got some benefits, but you're not happy. If you lose that job, your life is fucked, and it's like, it's like you know, there. I'm sure there was time on plantations where there were some, somebody go, hey, dude, we can run right now. We'll be fucking free, and there's some people like, I'm just going to chill here because this is my job. I know my life, and I know how easy that is, and I think that's a lot of, we're seeing this play out in real mm-hmm. time. Well, dude, that's the thing. They burned Kanye for saying, you know, that yeah. slavery was like a mindset. And they, dude, I mean, there's destroyed so him for that. much with that. Well, I mean, I'm kind of like you, Sam. I, I had like a 2.0, 2.5, and I still got accepted into a college, and they wanted me to get a loan out. I'm not supposed to go. Yeah. <laughs> the fuck are you talking about? Like, I barely passed high school, and you want to send me with smarter kids? And, but they want to cripple you yeah. with a uh, student loan. That's the real thing. No one told me banks. don't go. Instead of saying don't go, hey, go do what your dad does, go be a plumber. They were like, no, go. You need to go. If you don't go, your life's gonna be ruined. No, I better. I went to community college. I was like, did that, figured it out to say my thing, save myself a fuckload of money. To be clear, nobody's saying that everybody chose slavery. Just in case this gets clipped yeah. out. Yeah, I mean. Good, oh good yeah, point. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just saying. I'm sure there's some no, people I, I, that I, were like, "I'm not running anywhere. Yeah, I'm just yeah. gonna chill out. Sure. Like, this is where I'm comfortable with." Right? It's like, okay, let's 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 give another example. How many people are institutionalized in prison? They get out, they commit a crime just so they can go back. Hey guys, I want to tell you about our brand new sponsor, Diet Smoke. That's right. How, how many people here eat edibles? I think I I, I used to eat edibles. Okay, you know, uh, you, you don't eat edible if you want to get high. You eat edible if you want to uh, go into a coma. Right? That's where it is now. You eat the edible, you go straight to retarded, and you can't even enjoy yourself because you think the government's coming and it's just getting weird in your head. Well, guess what? You don't have to worry about that anymore. Okay, because our good friends at Diet Smoke, that's dietsmoke.com. Guess what? They have the perfect medium high. Okay, it's called Diet Smoke, and it's for it comes in delicious Delta 8 THC gummies. Diet Smoke isn't light, it's just right. Okay, that's what we're talking about, dude. Diet. Delta 8 is simply a slightly less potent THC. There we go. All right, the THC that you're probably most familiar with is Delta 9, okay? And while both are natural to the cannabis plant, Diet Smoke extracts their Delta 8 from hemp, all right? Some people may call this a loophole. I call it a secret recipe for getting smooth, stable, and most importantly, legally high, okay? You pro- now you're probably asking yourself, does Diet Smoke really get you high? Of course. The high you get with Diet Smoke is best described somewhere between chillness of CBD and classic stone feeling you get from regular weed, okay? Plus, Diet Smoke comes in two delicious flavors. Blue raspberry, huh? And watermelon. Now, I know Johnny's girl likes blue raspberry, huh? And Xavier likes watermelon. Am I right? Of course. Okay. Well, I say try them both, bro. When CBD isn't enough, okay, and traditional THC is too much, enjoy the smooth buzz of diet smoke, okay? Each gummy is infused with 10 milligrams of Delta 8 
T-A-C, derived from American-grown hemp. You know what they say, buy American, get high with American. Delta egg gummies are low in sugar, fat-free, and delicious, okay? Oh, did I mention they're legal? Go to diesmoke.com, use the promo code SAM for 20% off your order. That is S-A-M, okay? Diesmoke.com. Promo code SAM for 20% off. Die Smoke, Delta A, THC gummies are not for use or sale to people under 21. Please use responsible. So uh, you're you're in the New York area, Robert. I don't want to give your bunker away where you are. But um, <laughs> so your, your thoughts on what's going on with Epstein and all that stuff. Oh, well, right off the bat, I want to know where's that safe? The FBI went into that guy's house. They took a safe out. How is that not relevant to this court case right now? And how does the FBI get to go into some guy's house, take away the safe? I mean, you and I know what's in that safe. It's all the blackmail footage. It's all there. But how does the government just get to go in there, reclaim the object, and just put it away? And then when when these court cases come up, how is that not public knowledge? That is is my single biggest question, kind of going into this court case. Uh, My take on Epstein, though, I think he might even be alive. He might be hanging out in Israel. That guy was Mossad CIA. That's why he had all that Wexner money. Uh, and the, this whole thing is so funny that the FBI basically lost a Freedom of Information Act on why the guy wasn't prosecuted the first time. And then they pulled that great move where it came, went out to the public and they went, ah, we're just as upset as everybody else. They always do that. And then all of a sudden he's in jail and all of a sudden he's supposedly dead and they don't have the footage I call it bullshit. Either they killed him or he's just, he's hanging, he's hanging in Israel right now. He's in a palace with kids and loving his life. Or is he in uh, Antarctica? I mean, like, I think there's, there was that flight took off that they said was his plane. It flew all the way to Antarctica. It's definitely possible. Oh, he crossed I, the ice wall. He crossed the ice wall on flat earth. They, yeah. uh, they reclaimed their asset, the lizard people. <laughs> so what's very interesting is there's a lot going on with this, right? And it's just like, so... All is be- for me, man. I think this is a wonderful time to be alive. I got in an argument with Dana today, like I, I which sounds like it's another day, right? So <laughs> unbelievable, uh, right? I can't believe that. Anything, so. But we were having a discussion because you know the uh, FDA just came out right now, and they were like. They're trying to cover their own ass because people are like, maybe we don't need the FDA anymore. But they're like, we got lied to by Pfizer. <laughs> Pfizer lied to us. And now we like it's 71 times more likely to have a heart attack. And the research shows you're killing two people for saving one. Right. And I sent that to Dana because no matter what I'm right about, she just she just can't stop watching MSNBC no matter how much they lie to her. And uh, I just think all is being revealed right now. I think it's a wonderful time to be a conspiracy theorist. And the point of that rant was like, I wish I was wrong. There's a part of me that wishes I was wrong. Like, I wish the medical community was working together to keep people healthy and alive and, and get us through this deadly pandemic that's killed zero li- zero homeless people and zero midgets. Like, okay? how great would it have been if it was no boosters? Just one vaccine. Well, they got greedy, dude. Exactly. They got, they got greedy when they went after their kids. So, you know, so my question... By the way, I don't, think, I don't think they got greedy. I think they're trying to get rid of the control group. I don't think they wanted any evidence of an unvaccinated population to compare uh, in 20 years now, from now when you start seeing side effects. So they're going to kill off the vaccinated or the unvaccinated? 
No, it's not necessarily even a kill off. It's that they don't want an unvaccinated group of people to exist on planet Earth so that if there are uh, health ramifications from taking the vaccine, you won't be able to look at like the large numbers. In other words, like if it's 20 years from now, people all of a sudden start dying at age 65 instead of 85 and you start seeing or like there's more heart attacks and there's more Alzheimer's. They don't want a group of unvaccinated individuals that you could go, well, the unvaxxed are fine. In other words, they're trying to erase like, uh, you know, any any potential ability to notice that there would be actual long term health effects. They're getting so, rid of the, you know, they're getting rid of the unvaxxed population. That's by, what they're trying to do. By what? Camps? Is that your opinion? No, 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 by, not by camps. They're trying like to do what they vaccinated. can to make sure that everyone gets vaccinated, oh. but they might not get away with it. Well, they need to fucking start giving that shit to other countries because they won't give out the IP. What do you mean? The intellectual property? Uh, I mean, I don't know. I did. I mean, like you're looking at Israel. I mean, if you want to ever see that, like, why would the Jews do it to themselves? Yeah. It's why would they so do that? fucking nuts? And like, so now we start getting into what's really going on. So there's a couple things like, you know, it's like, there's always been this talk in the, in the conspiracy community about, uh, two things. One is that the CIA is trying to infiltrate the FBI and a lot of stuff you're seeing about the covering up of pedophiles and all that okay. shit seems very CIA ish, right? Cause the CIA okay. CIA, my humble opinion is ran by Jesuits ran by the Vatican. And that's why they, and they use all that's why the, they're showing to kids. Yeah. 100%. Oh, okay. Okay. 100%. That's why they like, Dude, the original, and Brian Callum fights me on this all the time, but the original intelligence group was the Jesuits. They used blackmail and they infiltrated people to control the royals, to control the Vatican, to do all this stuff. This has always been their game plan. And, you know, it was always used through sexual, quote unquote, perversion, right? Which before used to be cheating on your wife. Then it became homosexuality. And as everybody got used to it, now it's pedophilia. So it totally makes sense that this rogue group of... Like, if you look at Peter Stork, came out, he was a double agent. He was both FBI and CIA. They said the same thing about Edward Snowden. Wait, wait. Peter Stork, isn't that the guy who uh, was EcoHealth? No, wasn't Peter Stork the guy that was uh that was like we're gonna we're gonna Lisa Page right? He was the guy who testified. You remember? Uh, yeah, the similar yeah. names, similar names. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I got you. And it turned out he was like what sheep dipped? Is that what's called? Where you're both <laughs> something like that? I forget what the name of it. Like, it's a certain name of it, but he he was both. And then you just get into like all this shit, like the FBI, like covering up stuff. It just seems. Like, because the CIA technically is not allowed to be working on American soil. So if you can't do it, what's a, what's a company or a division that can? The FBI. How you get the FBI to do what you want? You infiltrate the FBI. That's what they've done. That's what Jesuits have done since the yeah. beginning of time. I got, a, I got an Epstein kid question for you. Because okay. I'm going to assume you're the expert on this. Why wouldn't you just go with uh, girls from third world countries? I feel like there's so many off the grid kids that you could just be snagging up. Like you could have a parade of off the record kids. They're probably endless in Brazil. Why are you taking American like 14, 15 and 16 year olds where, you know, there might be a track record. Like, why wouldn't you just pick up some kids in Brazil? You fuck them and throw them in the ocean. I think like, they did. Why wouldn't you do it that way? I think they did. Think, yeah. Oh, they just got greedy with the Americans. 100%. It's like, that was the fetish where they're like, you know, Bill Clinton's like, listen, I'm done with these brown kids. Yep. Like, can you get me 
Like, can I get a white kid every once in a while? Well, you don't and think it's seen... a, you don't think it's a thrill of knowing that they're hooking up with an American citizen that's underage. You don't think at one point it's past just hooking up with the fucking little boy or, or something. I need, a, I need a girl that gets cultural references. Yeah. Damn it! Well, you know, well, it's like there's a lot of crazy shit going on. So, the, according to some study, and you could take it for what it is in this article, that the Chinese did a consensus of their country, and they can't account for 12 million children. What? For like 20 years ago or 30 years ago. They can't account for 12 million children. Think about that. And, you know, it's like, why do the Saudis pay for like like white Instagram models from the United States to go over there and they pay them like 50 grand for the weekend and they just take dumps on their chat? I don't know what it is, but there's just this. It's a thrill. It's you can get a hooker in TJ and TJ and not go to jail or you can get it in San Diego. And yeah. go to jail. It's literally the thrill. It's like, an, I'm already here. you're an IG chick, fifth grand, is that enough to go over to Saudi Arabia and know that you might not be coming back? Because you're you're off the grid at that point. Those people can just keep you. Like, what makes you think they're, you're just going to take one dump on their chest and leave? I see. I mean, dude, that's a great question. I mean, like, there. if you could look this up, Johnny, there's actually, I think, a picture out there that shows Lindsay, uh, what's her name? The... Lohan? Yeah, Lindsay Lohan getting drilled by this guy from behind. And that like Paris Hilton, famous for going over there, they just want to pay. Cause like, dude, the Saudis have so much money. Like, if they're staying in your hotel, they'll pay for you to get rid of all the furniture and redo all the furniture so it's furniture they like to sit in. That's how much money they have. So the notion of throwing a, a white chick from uh America into and take a shit on her chest doesn't mean anything to them and maybe some of them all don't come back but there are when, when they're going well, hold on now i'm confused are are they paying to get shat on or to shit on because i think you flipped it there so no, she, the saudi get, arabian prince is they shit on the girls on their chest oh wait they, i thought it was like getting the chick to shit on you why would no, you want no, to no. shit on some nice girl's chest no. it's called porta potty that's john mcafee yeah yeah, they like to porta potty these girls. God rest his soul. Yeah. It's because you get to degrade a parasite. It's like it's not like I just want to get my dick sucked. I want to be able to take a dump on this chick. Yeah, yeah, that's what it's all about, dude. It's I don't like, get that. Like, I, dude, I'm embarrassed to have a lady smell the bathroom after I walked out. I can't imagine the confidence <laughs> after eating uh, one of those fucking halal meats and then just splattering that on some ladies. They're not humans. That sounds terrible. They're, they're not humans. No, guys, well, so they just nice. look at us different. That's yeah. the whole thing. And well, Johnny and I were just talking about how like. Sex is like, I feel like we got to a point where like the human species has one survival of the fittest and now like we're just getting into weird shit and it's like literally, but you know, it's like, you know, uh, BDSM is very prevalent everywhere. You've got girls who are like telling you like you're into all this stuff and like it's gotten a couple like people in trouble. The guy from Barstool Sports. Trevor the, Bauer. Uh, Trevor Bauer. These girls are like, I like it rough and then they smack them around. They're like, I didn't like it that rough and they try to sue the shit out of them. It's like, it's chaos right now. But, you know, I mean, I just think these guys like they really get off. I'm watching these girls that like in our pop culture are treated like like just like God. You know, it's like think about the height of Paris Hilton's power, like at the height of it, right? And then right. you then you could bring her over and you just drop a deuce on her. Like <laughs> there's a there's a power to that. Oh yeah, right. 
Right. You're you're saying fuck you to all of American culture at that Rock point. One hundred percent, dude. One hundred percent. Guys, let me tell you about our good friends at Blue Chew. Blue Chew. We're gonna drop the hammer on you, Blue Chew. I don't like how you point at me when you're talking Rock, about dropping the hammer. Rock hard. Point the hammer on on this. For Americans, made by Americans, for Americans, Blue Chew's for you, okay. and the shit you do, whatever it is, that's up to you, we won't judge you. That's in the copy, huh? All yeah, that? that's all in the wow. copy, guys, Blue Chew is a unique, <laughs> online service that has the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, man, by the Jubal tablet man i love it i love to chew it and i love to snort it okay you can take it <laughs> no, no, no you what? don't snort this this well, is not don't a snort, snort. It's, don't it's, snort it unless yeah. you're a veteran like me but don't <laughs> no, snort it do not snort. do not snort it okay okay. okay you take it anytime day or night so you, you can plan ahead and be ready whenever the opportunity arises i like to play boner chicken with my friends okay we'll take it and we see who has the more awkward boner at the more awkward time you're at church boner okay that's how it goes yeah. never get it never drink anything before you take a flight with sam Tripoli. <laughs> yeah boner city <laughs> the process is simple sign up to bluechew.com consult with one of their their licensed medical providers and once you're approved to you receive your prescription within days it's just that simple the best part it's all done online no visits to doctor's office no awkward conversations no waiting in lines at the pharmacy huh it's garbage waiting in line right you see a hottie and she's like what are you here for i'm like oh i got blue chew you can't get boners i can get boners now thanks to blue chew dude blue chew tablets are made in usa usa okay and prepared and shipped directly to your door in a discreet package mine comes with fireworks okay that's how amazing it is all right so it's real simple this is what we need you to do we got a special offer special deal for our listeners all right try blue chew free when you use our promo code tinfall at checkout and it's just pay five dollars in shipping that's it Try BlueChew.com promo code TINFOIL to receive your first month free. Visit BlueChew.com for more details, important safety information, and we thank BlueChew for sponsoring the podcast. Thank you, BlueChew. BlueChew, we're dropping hammer on you. So there's a lot going on with this trial right now, right? Uh, this just Lane Maxwell trial. And like, so just going back to why, why don't they... Why don't they just get foreign kids? It's because there's just something about like going after the top of the of the 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 quote unquote a Harvard student. The, you know, like uh, 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 you know, a rich girl yeah. from Manhattan. There's something about that and getting that. You know, I'm sure there's some dark dudes doing dark stuff with kids out there. I mean, nobody's talking I think about part. Uh, no, along those lines, I think part of it is that if you're if you're these people, you're amoral. I don't think you're believing in an afterlife, or if you do believe in an afterlife, you 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 belong to some demon creature that you think that your evil is benefiting you, even in the in like the unknown, right? They're not playing by our rules. So I think once you exist in that reality where you're not playing by our rules, and your entire life is about getting power. You want to feel that power. Like, what's it worth if you have it, but you don't get to actually feel it, right? So it's the moments where you kind of do this stuff that you and I can't comprehend why people would do it. But I think that's part of it is like the, it's like the actual physical expression of the power that they've managed to accumulate. Yes. 100%. You always say this. Why isn't, why wasn't the little boys? 
I do think there's little boys. I they think they're trying out, to yeah. keep that out. I think there's so much control of the story. I mean, I brought it up to the guys on, um, what was it? Uh, it was, um, I brought it up on Union of the Unwanted. I go, do you guys remember when somebody testified that Bill Clinton never fooled around with them? He only fooled around with the boys. And I asked them, they're like, I don't remember that. I'm like, dude, I remember reading that. Good luck finding that now because they're 1984-ing everything. You but- know what? The cigar tube thing starts making sense when you say that because only a gay guy would be so mystified by a chick. He's like, I guess I'll put a cigar tube in her pussy. Yeah. It's like, you're that's just, a guy who doesn't like women. You put your dick in there. What are you doing? But then it also gets to like, like if you get into spirituality, what women represent and this notion of like degrading sex with them, it's like taking the Madonna and degrading them. There's like, there's something to that. But we had a guest on that told us why they do this occult thing. Why do they worship Bathmint. Why do they worship all this? Now I've had people on shows going, you know, they flip Bathmint isn't what they, you know, they made him evil. He's not. I don't know, man. But based on what I know of these people into occults, which is my argument, whenever I get on a show with somebody who's like Jew World Order, Jew World Order, I'm like, it's not Jew World Order, dude. Because when you really study these people, they do so much occult symbolism behind what they're doing, like. Jeffrey Epstein, everyone's like, oh, he was a Zionist. But you study what he does. It's nothing but dark arts, occult symbolism everywhere. Like, that's the real shit. They, they, they do sigil magic. They have to put it out. The, 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 the Judaism that they supposedly do is just so they can walk amongst us. The, the real shit is the power of the, like, the dark... The dark, now, magic isn't dark. It's like electricity. It's how you use it. There's people who use it for dark, dark meanings, man. And those people, when they they study this occult, esoteric stuff, is like they believe, and this guy said to me, and it makes total sense to me, he goes, they study these religions, and these religions all believe in reincarnation, and they do all this stuff to appease these gods, so when they come back reincarnated, if they did it right, they come back as a royal. That makes sense to me. I mean, it sounds crazy. All right, this is why that's so crazy to me. I grew up very religious. I grew up Orthodox Jewish, super religious. I was super into it for a stretch of life, and you're kind of like this, like the whole thing of faith is you're like, all right, so I'm going to restrain myself and do good deeds so that hopefully I get more, more in the afterlife. But the faith that you would need to have that, Hey, I have to do this horrible thing to another person to appease this God. That's like flipping the entire religious structure in a way that like, unless the demon was in front of me and actually said, Hey, this is an absolute, like I'm saying like there were days that, you know, I didn't turn on fucking light bulbs on the Sabbath. And I wanted to, or I wanted to eat something that was not in kosher, but I was like, I got faith that I'm going to be punished because God doesn't want me to do that. Or that's the way most of us experience faith is you go, Hey, I'm going to do this immoral thing, but I'm going to restrain myself because I believe in goodness or I believe in God. Can you imagine flipping that where you're a person, you're like, Oh, I don't want to abuse this kid, but I know that God wants me to. So I'm going to do this terrible thing on behalf of like, that is like a different level of faith that I can't imagine somebody would have unless the, like the actual demon thing stood in front of them and like it was an absolute. Well, I mean, there are people who say they see these demons. I think so. But also, dude, it's like if you want to get somewhere, right? You want to get somewhere. Let's say you're, you're a stand-up and you want... Uh, I just got to sacrifice three kids. What are the three kids? Let's do it. <laughs> Let's well, I get stage it. time boom, at the boom, cellar. Boom, boom, boom. Where's my three kids? tonight show? Make, right? Just make it real typical. Just say rapper. Yeah, you're okay. a rapper. Oh, I mean, like, <laughs> but but let's let's take a look at this, dude. So if you want to get to, you want to have 
you want to be famous, right? And it's Johnny goes back to those Island Boy videos that Island that kid Boy. was talking about, right? And I he's, suck up Johnny Carson for a spot on the Tonight Show in those days. <laughs> right, dude? Yeah, I mean, it would change it. Like, dude, how many people would sacrifice somebody to get on Rogan three times? How many would yeah. you do? Because if you do Rogan three times, you're probably selling out a theater at that point. If you point. have any kind of charisma. Right? Yeah. People yes. would do it to be those Island Boys. Right? Well, the Island Boys supposedly said, but if you listen to him, like he said, I want to do it for fame and fortune. So let's expand that out to just anybody, right? And you're like, these people control everything. They're like, if you do this, this, and this, you can have access to all this amazing stuff. And in, in the rap community, it's 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 about like Face- download brothers, man. And my you hear hunch, it all the time. My hunch on this is that. The people who are granting those things and convincing these people to do these things have a lot of power in this plane, in this world. And yes. they can show you results here yes. enough to make you have that kind of faith that he's talking about, make you believe. And then they can say, okay, now they start teaching a sort of a, like a liturgy, you know, like a real belief system that I don't think actually delivers in the long run, you know, over, over reincarnations or in, in future lives or whatever it is. That's the trick, I think, well, is the big trick. And, John, right. and Johnny, you also said something that resonated with me about you can't sell your soul. That, like, this is more about just the theatrics of it to the people that can make or break you. So if you think you sold your soul, that means that you are kind of open-minded to doing what they want you to do. And what's the difference, anyway? If you think you've sold it, if you tell somebody you've sold right. it, But the you actual effectively, act of yeah. doing it... yeah. I don't think I don't think no. your soul is for you to sell. But if you live in such a way that someone owns your soul, yes. it's effectively the same. It's you know it's, it's de facto soul selling. So if you get pit, I mean, like you dude, when you watch that fucking Scientology doc, and they're like, then I got to the final level, and they handed me his fucking scribbles, and it was like yeah. he's just dick doodling, right? And you're like, what am I going? Well, why why take that from Scientology to put that in the making it in Hollywood? And how many people like do this thing with this quote unquote, oh, they sold their soul and they get to a certain age, they realize they got everything they want and they're miserable as fuck, but they played the game. That's what you, that's kind of what you do. So you do all this dark shit, all this dark stuff. Right. And like, you know, blood sacrifices. I mean, like people think that's crazy. I hear about it all the time. And if you're told, Hey man, if you do this, this, and this, you'll be reincarnated and you'll come back as a royal, you'll be a Rothschild. You'll be a, 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 a you know, a British royal. You'll be a, a Rockefeller. Like that, that means something. Especially if you're told that by somebody who's already given you fame and fortune, you know, in your life. Have you seen it? it's all over YouTube? It's like they put they poke their finger and then they write into some book and they write it down. And it's got millions of you and reposts and you got to repost it to be part of it. It's like it's one of those things where like watch out where your kids watching and posting because well, I mean that sounds like it's from you know mob movies right isn't that yeah, all, you know like sopranos and the godfather where they dude, prick their finger when i was growing up you'd be blood brothers with somebody you cut yeah. your hand you guys would be like yeah you know like a rocky movie and high five yeah. each other imagine if you got a, a fucking hiv like that yeah i mean That's i'll a- get into that in a few <laughs> we want to talk corona here but it's dark actually you know it's just like you see it happen all the time man you see these people playing these games and you know and this Epstein stuff's very interesting, dude. There's a lot Epstein. There's a lot of control. You know, st- there was stories going around. I, I forget who was telling me the story, 
I think it might be Mel K, but I'm not quite sure. But she was telling me that Epstein used to meet with a bunch of New York City comics all the time for brunch. What? He, yeah. Do you know who was in the circle? Well, uh, we of uh, comics. Uh, I mean, if yeah, if I had to guess, I could tell you. Listen, I mean, listen. All guess, I got, name names. Let's hear this. Well, I mean, Seinfeld. Like, I mean, dude, you know Michelle Wolf was on those fucking flight logs, right? Mm -hmm. No, I never heard that. That's fucking awesome. <laughs> She's fucking on awesome. Them. I love how you She's stoked. on those flight logs, dog. And uh, she, uh, you know, I mean, there's a lot of things going on with the Netflix stuff. Netflix is dark, bro. Netflix is really fucking dark, dude. And I'll tell you why. Because I think Netflix, I get very nervous for some people. Uh, Netflix builds... Uh, expo ex uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, expendable brands. And you take a look at these comedians, right? They all got blown up and then they all got clipped. And you're like, what did the industry lose by clipping these guys? Nothing. But they're big enough to resonate with people. This is all part of the game that goes on, dude. And Well, who do you think? Uh, Netflix is interesting because they had the Obama tie-in with net neutrality uh, that they then gave him a big payout for. Do you, do, do you kind of know what I'm talking about on that one? Yes, yes, I can break he's got, he, ha he had the balls to do a fucking uh, a series on uh, China factories in America while the whole time trying to pass the TPP. No, but... Oh shit! Did someone just freeze there? No, no, no. We were. Uh, I was gonna let you go. Oh my! No, no, no. So the net. Firstly, net neutrality is crazy. That they were convincing people that we might need it, but that would essentially give the government more censorship control over the internet. It would make the internet kind of like what we used to have with the radio with the FTC. So one of the biggest winners, though, in a net neutrality type environment would be a Netflix because about like 40 to 60 percent, I think, of evening like uh, traffic is basically just Netflix and people streaming it. Right. So if they created like a pro rating system where essentially people that are using more of the Internet bandwidth like Netflix would need to basically pay for that. It almost helps Netflix if they've gotten in with government to basically government to come in and say, hey, listen, we're going to you know be in control of how much bandwidth companies can use. Because for one, you might be able to block out other companies. And for two, Netflix can make sure that they're not going to be charged more for it. Obama tried pushing the net neutrality stuff, and it seemed very similar to the uh, Al Gore deal. Uh, if you guys remember, Al Gore basically made a ton of money. It was off Al Jazeera. Essentially, he helped out the cable companies, and they just gave him like a free channel that he cashed in in like a major way. So anyways, to kind of go full circle with Netflix, Netflix does seem to have a pretty heavy tie-in with the Democratic Party. Uh, with the Obama payout from, you know, what he tried to do with for them with net neutrality, with uh, David Letterman shown with some of the other stuff on that network. But then sometimes I see the programming on Netflix. I don't even have a Netflix because I'm, I'm too much of a maniac. If I have a password, I'll spend the whole day lying in bed just watching shit. So I had to get rid of my Netflix. But sometimes they have things on there. Like they did. Did you guys see there was a movie about a year ago uh, with Brad Pitt about the Afghanistan war? Any of you guys see that one? I didn't see it. Did you see it, Johnny? I, I remember that, but no, I didn't see it. No, it, it wasn't a great movie, but it was basically about a general being in Afghanistan and just kind of recognizing that there's no clear agenda for being here and that he just keeps on pushing for, for more troops. Uh, the reason I bring that up is just I was almost surprised that that movie got made because it was such a against the deep state and against the war machine agenda. So sometimes like there's things on Netflix that exist there that I'm almost like, why would the powers that be allow this? Like sometimes it almost seems with Netflix, like they are 
there's less censorship over there. And it's almost interesting that some of the programming that's there is allowed to be there. So I hand it back to you just to go, if you had to say who the evil powers that be are behind Netflix, like I, I can't ever really tell what team they're playing for. Well, they have to play a little game, dude. They have to, you know, when I do stand up, dude, I do two for me, one for you. When I do, or like three for me, one for you with the crowd. I always got to do one for the crowd. One simple, digestible joke that isn't pressing them all the time just to kind of stop them from being on their heels the whole show, right? Because I'm constantly... I think that's kind of what happens on these streaming services. They're always bombarding us with this propaganda stuff. Occasionally, they have to put out something that it gives them street cred, right? Like, a great example is Dope Sick. Dope Sick. Have you seen Dope Sick on Hulu? Dude... You all watch something that is extraordinary, and you have to be like, who greenlit this at this time? Because if you watch Dope Sick, it is the complete utter playbook for the coronavirus and the vaccines. Watch Dope Sick and then tell anybody who's like, why would doctors do that? Doctors are smarter than you. Doctors (laughs) have to scope for this. Doctors would never do that. Go watch Dope Sick and you see how they get manipulated, dog. It's a whole complex of the FDA, pharmaceutical companies, and doctors that are all in bed fucking you. Well, it's not that doctors are necessarily fucking no, dude, you. A lot of, dude, a, no, nah, okay, man. A okay. lot of them took there that money. Some, they took some, that money, sure. dude, I, and they knew I, what I they just, were doing. I just don't want to say a broad stroke. I'm going to tell you that they are, they are, they are being psyoped constantly, dude. That's, yeah, yeah, they're a target, too, for sure. I think they're in the system. I think it's very difficult when you're in a system to question structures. Mm. And so most doctors, they get their marching order from the doctor above them. That's essentially getting it from the CDC. They spent a lot of years to be in this system. Yeah. It takes a very unique personality yeah. to question systems and go, wait, why is the chief resident doctor here giving me these orders? Can I actually go read these documents? It just takes very unique sure. personalities to do that and, like, most doctors, I think they, I mean, some just wanted a good job. Some actually wanted to heal people, but it's very unique individuals that actually will question structures. Yeah. That I'm, much time in college too is enough to be brainwashed yeah. thoroughly. Mm-hmm. Uh, wait up. Dope six dope, but let's not forget when they I, took the oh, fat out. Don't forget when they gave us that fat out and they didn't care about us was when cuties. Remember when cuties, when we all told everybody yeah, but that's, they lost that's money. That's three for you. Yeah, exactly. And that was one that they didn't give no, a fuck. No, three for us, one for you. They right? didn't give a fuck. No, they I didn't think care that was how one much. For them. Yeah, no, no, no. So, so th- three for, okay, when I do stand up, it is three for me, one for you, right? That's how I do yeah. it. Okay, so Cuties falls under the three for for Netflix. The right, one okay. for you was like Duncan Go, Trussell's yeah. uh, Midnight Gospel, bit. right? Yeah. Like that was for you. And then it did so well. And the fact they never heard back from them lets you know that they were like, whoa, this is not what we want to put out, which is propaganda, 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 propaganda. Now, it did have some esoteric slash cult stuff to it, occult stuff to he it. didn't design it. But, but, man, that was a really empowering show yeah. that they were like, okay, we're not bringing Can this I, back. On your, uh, your uh, the three for me, one for them, uh, one of the things that I hate is uh, like fake edgy and comedy. So an example of that would be when Jon Stewart was on uh, uh, Colbert and he was talking about the lab leak theory. And I'll give Jon Stewart credit for being funny there, but he's six months too late. And they're both playing it like, oh, my God, what a dangerous opinion. Like, 
It would have been dangerous six months sooner. By the time he hit that story, it wasn't dangerous. I think that uh, even American pop culture likes the idea of like a George Carlin or a dangerous comedian or someone telling us the truth. And so they love putting up people that pretend to be that, but still within the box of normal. And I think Netflix has a little bit of that with uh, some of the big time comedians that they're putting up on their platform. Uh, I totally agree with that. Uh, I think they really like uh, Outlaw in theory. Okay. In theory, they like that. So what would happen was like, you know, I always say this, like outlaws create something, right? And then once it becomes profitable, the bean counters come in and they sterilize it. So, you know, you see it with music. It's Elvis doing black music. Yeah, right, right. It's also like country music. You can say whatever you want about old school country. I put old school country fucking mu- musicians up against any gangbanger rapper in terms of shadiness and not giving a fuck and willing to kill anybody at a drop of a hat. The old outlaw stuff. Right, right. the old outlaw stuff. And then what happens? These country music guys come in and then they fucking take it over. Nashville. And and then everything is sterile because the corp, you start doing corp, you start doing art for the suits and not for the people anymore. That's what happens. Look at the UFC. Look at stand-up comedy. How many how many fucking suits love to celebrate Patrice O'Neal? That's all they do. All these motherfuckers are, are, are celebrating Patrice O'Neal. And then, dude, they're so quick to cancel motherfuckers at the same time. You would be canceling Patrice O'Neal if he was around today saying the exact same things he was saying before. You would totally cancel him. All you Fucking bootlickers who are due stamp in LA talk about how Patrice O'Neill is the greatest comic of all time. You would cancel him in two seconds if it, you thought it would get you a fucking gig on a channel. You would do it. You love it in theory. You love talking about Carlin. You love talking about Richard Pryor. You love talking about Sam Kennison. But in reality, you can't fucking stand that because all you want to do is do corporate shit for fucking money. And I I don't hate money, bro. I, you know, we all need money to go, but it's art first, money second, okay? That's how it goes. Y'all are you guys are all money first, art second. And that's where art went to shit. Art and we see it right now in bit. Comedy is always first. Now it's business in general. We are now seeing which brings us to our next thing, the Fed, okay? But business now is not about the customer. It is about the fucking owners of the company, which is the same thing entertainment became. They stopped doing entertainment for the customer. They started just trying to make the suits fucking happy. And that's all it was. And the suits worked for a corporation that that corporation also owned all the advertisers. It's a shell fucking game. Dude, ratings are complete, utter bullshit. It's all complete bullshit. It's all bullshit. The people on the Nash, the people on the networks, also own all the corporations that are advertising. And guess what else they all? All the press that will tell you how amazing this show is. They just make up numbers. They make it up. Nobody cares because because they just it's all about propaganda. Dude, fucking ratings are a giant psyop. 
Oh, you remember how, how they get ratings? Nielsen ratings. Who knows a Nielsen person? Maybe once in a while you'll meet one. They're like fucking that crab boy, right? Who's got those weird crab hands. I was in Nielsen, yeah. Yeah, you, I was in Nielsen. Listen, you sound traumatized, bro. Well, dude, I honestly, I got a thing in the mail and said, hey, you want to do this? And it came with $20 of cash in an envelope. It was so weird, man. And and I uh, you got twenty paid twenty bucks. Well, like just they sent an envelope with twenty dollars cash in it. Like I mean, that's, isn't that's that bizarre? Nice. It's really bizarre. And right? that's that because is... uh, most people, it, it's a persuasion tactic that most people don't want to take free stuff because they feel guilty, like they owe you something. So if they send you the five bucks and say, "Hey, this is yours. You yeah. can keep it," but we'd really appreciate if you would do us the favor of doing the survey. There's a percentage of people that will feel, oh, you know what, I owe it to them to do the survey. And then, but they wanted to send the Nielsen box to go on my TV that would like see everything that I'd watched. Yeah, because uh, there's some percentage of people that after that. just receiving five to twenty dollars will go, ah, hey, you know what, a box isn't that intrusive, and these nice people send me twenty dollars <laughs> in the mail. It, it, I mean, there's a ratio. It might be one in a hundred yeah. that gets that envelope, but there's some guy who will just. And by the way, you want good ratings. The one guy who's compliant or dumb enough to just go, you send me twenty dollars, sure, you can put a box in my home. Does that give you a good picture of what most of the country's <laughs> watching? There's oh, no way. Or how about polls? Poll, a poll show. Who'd you poll? People with landlines? Yeah, like they have anything to do with society anymore, right? You know, you know how radio works? They give random people this little radio thing, yeah. and if, if, if it's playing, it's playing. Who the fuck are they? I don't know. Which is why Christmas music crushes it, because at a certain time of the year, everywhere you go, it's fucking Christmas music, right? It's just crazy. But this is where the Fed comes in, man. Do you want to get into... Listen, dude, when you start talking about... I just started learning about environmental, social, and government scores do you want to talk a little bit about that because i i when everyone goes what's going on with society like it's gone crazy no it's all manufactured astroturfing bullshit ran by three companies one in particular and it's not the one you think it is it's there's someone above that company dude everyone thinks it's blackrock i think it's vanguard dog i think vanguard is like the royals the fucking rockefellers the rothschild the Pissars. <laughs> That's who is Vanguard, right? And Vanguard, BlackRock, and State Street own up to anywhere from 20 to 30% of every major company in the world, bro. And I want you to get into the, e the ESGs that you were talking about on the show, Rob. Yeah, absolutely. So um, ESG scores is essentially a way for them to institute socialism and a style of socialism that none of us would ever vote for, would ever agree on, uh, but they're doing it. They're, they're instituting socialist agenda, which includes things like, um, I, are you promoting enough women, right? Or is your company making investments in green energy? Uh, it's like a bunch of stuff that would generally be kind of woke culture. Not that you shouldn't promote women, or if you think you can make money on green energy, or you actually think it would help the environment. You shouldn't go do those things, uh, but it shouldn't come from a centralized top-down government approach. Uh, and so what they're doing is the largest corporations in the world uh, have figured out that there are things that they can't make money on unless government compliance comes into the market and basically regulates that their investments would be profitable. So even today, uh, I think Biden said by 2050, they're only buying like the entire federal government spending is only going to go to uh, green energy and like electric vehicles and that kind of stuff. But here's where you get robbed. Here's where all of us get robbed. If a company has to go into the market and compete, they have to give you something of value, right? 
if a government order comes in and says, hey, you have to buy energy from like this windmill down the road. So now let's say energy from that windmill down the road cost me $5, whereas gas would have cost me three. So every single time I go purchase whatever amount of energy would get me 30 miles down the road, I'm being robbed $2. That's what happens when we create regulations that instead of going into the market and competing and giving people something of value, government comes in and it makes a law. And that's why corporations love these laws. It's because it guarantees them profits. So the biggest banks in the world are working alongside with the Fed to basically create rules that guarantees that investments will be profitable. And those investments rob all of us of wealth on a daily basis because it removes competition and goods that, you know, goods and services that have to, you know, actually give you something of value. Uh, can I go a little bit deeper on the Fed stuff, though? Because it, it, it is kind of interesting. But keep, I want to pause go, there. I just said go, a whole bunch of keep shit. Keep going, dude. Keep going. I'm all, I'm all about that action. All right. So first is you got to understand that the Fed... The Fed is an evil institution. Just off the bat, you have to understand that the Fed is an evil institution. It is owned by the big banks. It works there so that the big banks can bail themselves out, uh, give themselves money. The entire system is rigged where like people look at, you know, Goldman Sachs and go, hey, you got these big evil banks and they're ruining the, you know, they're ruining the economy or they're stealing us. Like Goldman Sachs is the Fed. They're one and the same. They've created this fractional reserve banking, which, uh, you know, basically... I, I, I don't want to get too much into details. I mean, I could go all day Dude, on this do stuff, it, but anyways, bro, because that's why I wanted you on because all right. this is, this is the, like when you hear Ron Paul complain about the fed, it didn't dawn on me until very recently when I heard BlackRock buying up all the property, I go, Oh, now they don't even care if you see it. So the starting point, just to kind of understand the issue with fractional reserve banking, is you have to just think about counterfeiting. What's the issue with counterfeiting? If I had a machine in my home and I could print, you know, a million dollars and go spend it tomorrow, what, what's the issue? I'll hand it back to you guys. What's the issue with doing that? Inflation overall, right. depending it's, how it's much theft. you're going to, yeah, depending right. how much you're going right. to print. It's theft through inflation. Right. Fractional reserve banking gives banks the exclusive ability to counterfeit money. Right. If you hand a hundred dollars to a bank, a bank can then go spend nine hundred dollars against that a hundred dollars. That's fractional reserve banking. They need a ten percent reserve ratio. Right. So I can't just go say, hey, here's nine hundred dollars. The bank is able to do that. Now the issue with that is that the inflation, when you spend the money first, right, it has value. Once the money gets spent, it inflates the money supply and there's theft there. So what the banks are able to do is firstly, every time money is handed to them, they're then able to create the reserve ratios and spend against it. But then when you also realize, so first is they've got the exclusive ability to create money out of thin air. That's the basis of fractional reserve banking. They don't have to compete with each other, right? They're never at risk of going insolvent because the Fed will backdrop. Um, like, you know what I mean? You're never going to have a run on the banks. It's all insured. So they never have to worry about, we all are happily putting our money in the banks because we know that the Fed has insured it. We don't have any concerns about this. But then also every single time that there's a bank bailout or any single time money is printed, it's handed to the banks first. So just off the bat, the banks are robbing from us that they always have access to capital first. So when they spend the money, they're spending good money. And then from there, right, it erodes in value the same way as any money that's being counterfeited. So that's just kind of like the first basis for how fractional reserve banking doesn't benefit us. The other issue at hand here is you also have to realize that interest rate, it's a price signal, right? So basically the way kind of capitalism is supposed to work is we got this high mind, instead of just having one person make decisions for everybody, 
We're always negotiating about things like prices all the time. And people are able to have an understanding of what the value of money is. They can choose to save it. They can choose to spend it. We can all kind of make these evaluations and the interest rate is a price of money. It's the price of, Hey, what would I want to either be able to hold my money, get an interest rate or spend it right now? So first is we end up in a socialist system here where we have centralized control over the price of an interest rate, which then all of the consequences of socialism, right? Where you have top-down government control is instituted on the entire fabric of our society. And if you want to start getting spiritual about it, if you had a higher interest rate, if you had a natural interest rate, there's a um, need to spend. It's what we start calling the time value. uh, I'm sorry. It's what we call a time preference. Uh, But essentially, right? If there's a high interest rate, people have a desire to save because they know that their money is going to be more valuable in the future. When people are saving, they're less compulsive right? When people need to spend money right now because they know that it's going to be worth less in a year because of inflation, or there's nowhere that they can place it that they can earn a return, everyone's running around compulsively nervous that their money's becoming less valuable and spending. So as an institution, the Fed kind of spiritually corrupts the fabric of our entire society because people can't make sound economic decisions for one, because they're distorting the most important signal, which is the price signal. And two, they're incentivizing all of us to go out and spend money and live compulsive lifestyles. I'll I'll pause there for a second. Well, I totally agree with that. And also what it does is it creates a a system of corporate socialism where uh, these, if if BlackRock, so so I think one of the biggest daggers in the theory that Donald Trump is a white knight, uh, I think he's Godzilla. That's my opinion. Like, you know, he's going to fucking battle these other monsters that you're afraid of, but he will destroy Tokyo in the fucking meantime, right? Uh, the biggest dagger to him being a white knight is he, him putting all these BlackRock people in all over his administration and allowing these guys to run the Federal Reserve. So okay. can I tell you the conspiracy kind of behind that? Yeah. All right. Um, if you're in charge, you want the system to remain not just solvent, but you want economic growth. Now, we have an issue in this country that we've basically had low economic, low interest rates for a very long time. Uh, we've also had the Fed pumping a lot of money into the stock market through quantitative easing, which is why if you look at the stock, but look at a chart of the stock market, growth in the stock market against Fed money through quantitative easing. And you start realizing why the, why the stock market is priced the way it is since basically the last recession. If you're the president, you need the Fed on your side because basically you don't want a recession or depression on your watch. And at least we're in a slightly different environment here, which I can explain. But back when Trump was in office, you need interest rates to remain low because the same way that these presidents have an incentive to spend as much money as possible because the debt's going to be somebody else's problem, right? So if you're in office now, you want to get people free health care. You want to promise your constituents a wall, even if you don't end up building it. You want to be able to send them checks in the mail. You want to spend as much future generation money as possible because it keeps you in power, makes people happy with you. And so part of that is a low interest rate uh, somewhat fuels the uh, stock market. And then, I mean, the ramifications down the line are the inflation that will come, which you hope happens under somebody else's watch. So your point was you were saying with uh, um, with Trump that he was kind of putting all these people into power. That was kind of the complaint. Well, the complaint was that he put BlackRock in charge of the Fed. You remember when everybody was like, oh, my God, Trump took the Fed over. Who did he put in charge? The fucking BlackRock people. But just hear me out on why I think this is crazy, because what are we seeing right now? 
that that BlackRock is buying up property value, uh, buying up all these properties, 20 percent over value. And what does that do? That means that BlackRock, you're competing against BlackRock, which is using the trillions of dollars that that the Fed gave out to all these corporations. You're you're competing against somebody using funny money. And it's just if we get into this. And like I could understand like Trump playing ball. I could totally understand that because who shot Kennedy, right? Like getting rid of the Federal Reserve. It's gonna take a nation, and I think we'll get there. Well they'll be like bah, 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 right? But if you take a look at everything that's going on in this country right now, if if BlackRock, Vanguard, and State Street basically own everything, right? They own a giant chunk of it, okay? And now they're curating these this I mean, let's just take Let's just take show business. Show business is operating in a, in a business that is not about money. They are losing viewers. They are losing money. And yet they just keep doing it. Why is that? Why is there no incentive to make money? Well, now they're, they're seeing people complain because it's so obvious. You have stock people go, what the fuck is going on? But they're, they can lose money because what happens? The people open it at money. the top gets bailed out by the Fed. So the Fed is now making it so they can run business in a way that isn't good for business. What it is good for is cultural Marxism. That's what it's good for. That is the game plan. So the people who are running fucking the Fed are part of this movement to create cultural Marxism. Which, so by the way, by just to speak to that point, that's what I was talking about with the, um, in a market, you have to provide something of value. So like in the entertainment model, so typically speaking, you would have to provide a TV show that someone actually liked. You'd have to provide good news coverage. That's all value. So we would actually tune in and watch it. When you distort the market where there's more money and being aligned with the Democrats and the Fed, best example of that was when companies like Coca-Cola got upset in Atlanta over like voting laws or something, or I think it was abortion. I don't even remember what it was. It was a couple months ago. But why would you alienate the entire conservative base to turn them off from your products, and the answer is because it's more important to them to be aligned with the with the with government and government 100%. spending. One hundred percent. That yeah. is what we're talking about. That is why the Fed is so dangerous, right? That right. is why the Fed is so dangerous because, because it's socialism. There's all of a sudden there's money in not going out into the market and um, offering something of value. Right. And, and OK, by the way, can I tell you something else crazy about the Listen, whole black hold on, real thing? quick? I would love yeah. to just yell at everybody on stage. I would love to yell at everybody on stage. Go fuck yourself, you fucking fucks for one hour. Just scream at them. But guess what? No one will come to my show. But what if somebody came into the comedy club, bought the entire club out and all the alcohol? Do you think I would get booked everywhere all the time? 100%. And pay someone to laugh and yeah. pay people to laugh and, and critics to go, hey, this is genius. Yeah. Are you kidding me? I'd love to spend my career doing that. Right. I'll join that, the CIA. Right. Write me those checks. Yeah. So that's exactly what's going on with Hollywood. Like this thing with Santa Inc. It's like the only reason Santa Inc. gets made is because it plays into the game of cultural Marxism, which is divide and conquer, getting everybody to fight with each other. Study cultural Marxism. First, you'll Google it, and you'll see anti-Semitism a thousand times because they don't want you looking into it. But what if you're fucking... If you're grown up enough to look past that and just know those are buzzwords trying to scare you, and you look into it, you'll start seeing it's about fucking making everybody fight with each other, demonizing the ethnic majority, rising, pushing up the ethnic minority, 
celebrating and promoting alternative lifestyles, causing fights between men and women, ca causing uh, fucking destroying the nuclear family. That's what it's all about. And it, watch what's happening in real time. Have you watched commercials lately, right? I mean, like, uh, guys can't wipe their own asses without the, 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 the mom helping, right? Everything, good luck finding. And listen, dude, I don't really care. I'm happy everyone's booking. Good luck finding a white couple in a commercial, right? I mean, but no, you'll find fucking a thousand drag queens selling everything. Like, who are you doing? Who are you advertising to? There's not enough of them to carry your fucking business. Unless you don't care about business because you're getting fucking bailed yeah, out but, by the Fed. And don't forget, Inter sorry, go ahead. And don't forget interracial couples with an Asian kid. There's yeah, a lot of that. Every on time. Every it, inter see, entertainment to me is is unique in that they have other motives with entertainment. Which we and remember, it used to be you would you would have like subliminal messaging and things like that. So it does <laughs> have to be seductive, at least in some way. For them to get the and I I think what you're seeing now is that they find they found that that kind of brainwashing thing wasn't as valuable as they thought maybe, and and then now they're just like you said you know they've got no I think they've cranked it up to so crazy right now because they're right game but, but what I'm being, saying is like if it's all shit like you're talking about and nobody's watching it then how you know it's less effective a, a delivery it's a, not a Trojan horse anymore so if it goes, it's not it goes back to like why does dope sick on there because they gotta reel you back in exactly and that's yeah that's what I was gonna say it, it that's why you do have quality programming gets in there sometimes it's because once you get in that mindset once you're in that sort of like I'm flipping channels now then you're you're there, you know. Right, right, and, and then you right. Then they get you with that other. But shit. then it's like, is it too late? Like, I mean, Netflix got a bazillion people on it, but is it is it going to be able to compete with? Once they figure out how to make it real easy for like like independent artists to make movies, it's fucking over. Or I mean, it, like, how are they going to compete with that? The minute you have a fucking suit that to gives you a note. On what they think the uh, the the fucking advertisers want, that that product is no longer the best product it can be. When you're worried about what fucking uh, a, a suit at an advertising company thinks, you're no longer giving the audience what they want. And what's happening in let's say comedy, people like Legion of Skanks, Joe Rogan, Joey Diaz, this show. What they're doing is creating a system. Doug Stanhope is a big part of that. Is creating a system in which people want to do real authentic shit can now thrive and make money. Ryan Long is like that, right? And like, how how can you watch something that Ryan Long is doing or watch Joe Rogan have a long three hour meaningful conversation and then turn on the view? It's not happening. Yeah. Yeah. It's not, dude, they're dying and they're learning it. And the only reason they haven't gone quicker is because the suits can't figure out how do they still have a job in this. And you don't think that's what Dope Sick is? Is a way to keep you into Hulu? 100% Every once in a while, we're going to give you some good shit. But even that, I'm like, at this moment in time, that could be the dumbest thing you put out. It literally shows you the game plan of the CDC and the pharmaceutical companies to get everybody to take the vaccine. And it's unbelievable. It's the most, it's the best show. There's no more important show to watch right now. I totally agree. Yeah. But that's what I think is what? Last month it was Squid Games. 
Next week it'll be some show on HBO. So it's a way to get you to fucking subscribe yeah, to all these motherfuckers. Completely different. No, no, I won't, no, no. What this. I'm saying is like how they're all. There's always something good on everything, and it's always at different times. In a way, how they're trying to get you to like, but but subscribe but, but, to their but shit. This, I mean, oh, dope six way different. Like, it, yeah. Well, it just almost seems like a mistake. You know, I mean, like they fucked up. But you, but like back to what Robert was talking about: environmental, social, government policies. Right? I mean, that's why you see like a, a million. Listen, dude, and I don't even care. Cross dressers, trans, live your life. I don't care. Interracial. Couples, I don't care. I watch a ton of interracial porn, dude. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> to each other, as long as you're fucking happy, I don't care, okay? You know, I don't care. But when you just see, it's like, it's so weaponized. That's where the problem comes. Why is it so weaponized? Because it's cultural Marxism meant to get us all to fight with each other. That's what it is. And it's not natural. You know, there are th like, nothing's been natural since fucking the counterculture shit. Like, like, dude, after they assassinated JFK, this cabal came in and started fucking changing everything. And it's like, you know what else that coordinates with? Just after bringing the Nazis in, the Nazis came in. What fell? Russia. What fell? United States, dude. They just didn't make it as obvious because they wanted to co-opt our military to turn our military into the banker stormtroopers. Now, if you fuck with the banks, guess who comes in? The U.S. military. When was the last time the military fucking... Did the military actually go after anyone who did 9-11? No. Did the military actually go after anyone who was behind the assassination of JFK? No. Did the military have to go after who sold the 2000 election and the 2016 election? No. No, they, they didn't. Or the Libya 2000, they were trade the 2000 election. What? I said they went after Libya because they were going to trade oil and gold. Oh, but they don't go after North Korea. Dollar, U.S. dollar demand, baby. Yeah, and North Korea... They don't give a fuck. You can say whatever you want about Q. I think Q was stitchal magic. I really do. They were telling us what they were doing because they knew at the end we weren't going to do anything because we were waiting for a savior. But they told us exactly what they're fucking doing. And at the end, they, they dude, it was all about lowering our frequency when nobody came and saved us. But I think they woke up a lot of motherfuckers. And I think more and more people are making it. So shows like this, shows like Part of the Problem, are waking people up at a rate that the network cannot compete. They can't. I think, can, can I, to go off that, I, I got another conspiracy for you uh, <laughs> with the financial system. But uh, have you ever heard of uh, the repo market? Uh... I, I had, I, I, no, what's the repo market? Okay. So prior to the coronavirus, there was a big problem in the repo markets and the repo market is uh, essentially it's repurchase agreements. So banks, they got the reserve requirements, which is that they need a, I believe it's 10%, but all of a sudden the banks were having a problem where there wasn't enough money in the system for them to lend money to each other overnight and be meeting the reserve requirements. So what I mean by that is like, let's just say, let's just, you know, let's go with uh, um, Chase Bank, your Chase Bank. And let's just say that you've got $10 trillion out there. Let's just go with fictional numbers. You got $10 right. trillion out there. So every single night when you close your doors, you need to have a trillion dollars on hand. So every once in a while it would happen where you realize, oh, we don't have a trillion dollars on hand. So you'd call up another bank. They lend you, let's say $3 billion. And now you can close your, your doors for the, for the night 
And then the next morning you give them back their money. So you don't really meet your reserve requirements. You do a repurchase agreement where they're going to give you enough money for a single evening that you're going to hit your reserve requirements. And then you're going to give them back the money in the morning. Are you guys with me so far? Yeah, Yeah, yeah. it's crazy. Okay. No, no, but it gets crazier. So that's the first layer is that you start realizing in terms of bank solvency, it's not just that they don't have all the money that they're supposed to have at the bank, right? They don't even have that 10%, but now it gets a little bit crazier. Between all the banks, they don't have enough cash on hand to lend to each other overnight that the interest rate goes to 8%. So now if I'm lending money to Chase Bank um, for one night, what do you think the interest rate's going to be on that? I would say Chase Bank is pretty reliable, right? And I'm only handing them the money for one night. How much of an interest rate do I need? But the interest rate on those single evening loans goes to 8% because there's such a demand for money between the banks. So all of a sudden, now we're in conspiracy space, the Fed comes in and they basically do a new quantitative easing and they do a bank bailout. They don't talk about it, but they say, whatever you guys need, we're going to basically bail out this repo market. Whatever cash you guys need, we're stepping in. And so all of a sudden they start doing this. This system is so basically broken that there isn't enough cash in the system for the banks to even hit their reserve requirements with lending each other money overnight that the Fed needs to step in with new money so that the banks can be meeting the reserve requirements and essentially not have a run on the banks. And then all of a sudden coronavirus comes around and then all of a sudden I think you have like the largest bailouts of the banks since, uh, you know, the financial crisis, which includes that BlackRock receives special purpose vehicle money. You guys don't know what that is. It was an SPV, SPV, which is that um, the Fed has certain assets that it's not allowed to buy, which includes junk bonds. So they handed the money to BlackRock. BlackRock goes to buy junk bonds. They bail oh themselves out of their investments. God. And since the American public would, would, it gets, and since the American public would not be okay with, um, you know, basically the banks getting another bailout, they send us all $1,000 checks. We're all at home in the coronavirus. Nobody notices that this goes on. That was last year. Now it gets, now it gets a little bit crazier. I'll pause for a second because I said a lot of information. So I just want to make sure you guys with me here. Yeah, uh, yeah we're with you. We're with you. Okay. So a year ago, and by the way, we're in, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I loosely understand finance. We're somewhat in conspiracy theory space, but you can go look this up. So a year ago, the repo market was so crazy that the Fed had to give money to the banks that they could close their, their books at night. Now, all of a sudden, we're in a new situation where the banks have so much money on hand and they don't want to lend it to anybody. So banks at their core, they should make money because they have excess reserves. And then they go out, they find investments and they, you know, they finance the investments, they make an interest rate. But all of a sudden there's so much money on hand that they invent this thing called a reverse repo where they're parking money at the Fed overnight, I believe for no, for, or like, you know, marginal interest because they need to get money out of the system. To me, this just paints a picture of essentially we don't have a solvent banking system anymore. It's a seesaw where sometimes there's too much money in the system, so they hand it back to the Fed. Sometimes there isn't enough money in the system, so the Fed just hands it to them. I think what's kind of going on with ESG and like everything else, we're coming to the end, and so the oligarchs, they're locking down the control over critical industries. I think that's somewhat the story with global warming. It's so much what's going on with ESG. We're in a little bit of a race against the clock with things like Bitcoin, with people becoming aware with the system kind of going down, where I think they need a lockdown control over critical industries that they can kind of solidify their profits and kind of their control as we restructure. 
But I think from a financial standpoint, the entire banking system is essentially in an end stage of kind of just being insolvent. I totally agree. I think we're, but I, I, I don't know about you. I think we're entering a, a wonderful time of awakening. I think it's going to be really bumpy. I think there's going to be a lot of people freaking the fuck out. B- bumpier uh, than the past two years. I think, I think you're going to see like, Hey dude, you can't get your money out of a bank. What's going to happen, dude? That's the big thing. Everyone's like, what happens if the internet goes down? And you, uh, what, how are you going to do? <laughs> hey, man, go to ask Venezuela what it's like to try to get your fucking money out of a bank. How much money do you think you should have at your house? Oh, I would. Uh, I mean, like the question. I, is, the I'll que- just, I'll just be honest on this. I'm, I'm lazy and retarded. So I've had this philosophy for 10 years. I had to, like every time I take out money from the bank, I do this. I'll be like, shit, I better keep cash on hand. And then I just buy, spend it all on lap dances. So I'm a little too <laughs> retarded to actually plan ahead. I'm that dumb, dude. Like, I'll take all this cash. I'll be like, nah, I'm not going to spend it. And then all of a sudden you're drunk one night and you go to a strip and you're like, hey, here's my life savings. Uh, can you <laughs> make me so come funny. in my pants? <laughs> well, I don't think, I think you're retarded because you're still getting lap dances. I mean, chicks are slinging ass like it's fucking nothing. Yeah. Like, take that money and go to a bar and meet a nice girl. And I mean, dude, chicks are, chicks are, well, women are yeah, wonderful you're, now. You're God unvaccinated, bless. right? Yeah. I'm, I'm, you're unvaccinated, I'm odd, dude. I'm one of those oddest. I'll show it to the bar. I'll have three drinks. I'll walk up to some chick and go, hey, you want to hear about the Fed? Yeah. Uh. Hey, dude, there's a girl out there that loves that stuff. You just got to find everyone's got a soulmate, bro. But uh, I told I think uh, I mean, like, here's the question. Are you here? The things you should have for sure are um, a generator, gold, silver, some cash on hand, and that's only if cash is still worth anything. Because if the whole thing crashes, you're you might as well just use that for toilet paper, guns, ammo, and, and then you should be growing food in your backyard and a full tank of gas. I think you should cash, have you multiple ca- gas yeah. cans. Or you're right. You always talk about having like a dirt bike. Let's go get a dirt bike. I want to get a dirt bike. I want to teach my daughters to drive dirt bikes because we might have to go. And then you're just going to be driving, pegging off dudes, trying to get Ooh, you off. Hey, your that's the good thing about twins. One's driving, the other one's pegging fools oh, off. Yeah, with yeah, the- yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so I think everything, I think it makes sense. You know, I know you want to get the Golden Warm, but we got a we gotta jam here in a few. So I want to get into backyard comedy shows. Uh, you know, it's kind of what I was talking about with uh, stand-up. I'm assuming that's what it is. Uh, tell us a little bit about what you're doing with these backyard comedy shows. Yeah, so uh, a little while ago on my podcast, I started Summer Porch Store, which is I put out there. I was like, if you're listening to the podcast, I will show up to your porch. I'll do an episode with you. And that kind of grew into doing uh, backyard comedy shows at my fans' houses. And, like, I got a whole rig now. I got a PA system. I got lights. We're good to go. Uh, and it's been a blessing for me with kind of Corona and what's gone on in New York city. Cause like the dream for me for a while was, you know, it was breaking into New York city clubs or certain clubs. I worked for some junctures of time, but that was always still kind of the thing was show up every night, try and get your stage time, work on your material, become, you know, work out those perfect acts, get on the road, do the whole thing. Uh, now I'm kind of not really in at the New York city clubs. I'm almost like, fuck them. They got these vaccine requirements. Like, Literally, fuck them. Like, why am I going to try and be a part of your thing? Like, it's turned gay. I, I don't know how else to say it. It's like, we, this used to be like a, a world of cool people and we were badasses. And now everyone's so concerned with... Bean counters. I, 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 what was that? Bean counters. They come in and they fucking... They talk all about outlaw shit, but they're really conformist. Happens yes, all- I'm done with it. I'm done with trying to get into the... Like, I'm just done with it. Not that, like, I was winning in that game anyways, but 
even the illusion of trying to do that. Like it's not even cool to me anymore. So uh, I, I, what I did is like, I did this last year and I'm doing it this year as well. I went through, cause I do my podcast weekly. I write jokes for it. I sift through the big themes and I'm doing like an end of year thing. It's kind of like almost my version of the daily show. I got slides and stuff. So I just did a run of about 15 shows. People's ba- I did a, I did someone's basement in Schenectady. We had 30 fans that showed up for it. I got a friend in Maryland who's got a private bar. We did his bar. 50 people were there. Sometimes I can nice. find venues. I bring like, so I'm just, I'm going directly to the fans, the people, summer porch store all year long. I'm putting on I'm shows in people's backyards, people's basements, living rooms, like, I'm just doing it. I, you That's know what I mean? I'm not going to be denied. I'm working on my shit. Listen, Doug Stanhope was the guy. I mean, I'm sure someone did it before him. But the dude, like, since and I've been doing comedy since 90, 94. I've been doing comedy since 94, right? I mean, he is he he was the guy who started doing these these alternative venues on the road because he was so crazy and he just wouldn't play by the comedy club's rules. And here's the whole thing, dude. There are certain cities that I will play comedy clubs because I want to visit those cities and hang out. San Diego, Miami, I'm going to Tampa. But if you're not one of those cities where I, I want to I'm going to do my own show there. And I'm going to walk away with so much more money than I would make playing a three-day gig at a comedy club. And like, there's a lot of wonderful comedy club owners out there who I love with all my heart. And you know, like the house of comedy, I will always play the house of comedy because they would get, they would give me gigs when nobody else would. They're great people. So they're great people. And there's some clubs out there. I play all the time, but you know what? The other ones, it's like, I'm playing your room. Why? Why are you selling this many tickets and giving me this much money when I could go? And even if you're telling me half the people you got there, okay, let's say somewhere I sell 600 tickets in a weekend at a comedy club. And I would say half of them are my fans. If I do far enough out, I could go, hey, man, $20 a show. Uh, it's on this date. We're three months out. I could sell 300 tickets. And then I'm doing that. It's I get the I get the door. You should have seen last time when they offered free tickets to for him. He almost flipped out Dude, right in front of us. Dude, I just played this club. I'm like, what the fuck, man? It won't ha- ever happen again. Because yeah. if I ever play a club again, I'll go, if you sell one free ticket, I will not show up. I won't even call you to tell you I'm not coming. You're just going to have an empty fucking room. And I don't give a fuck, and I'll go somewhere else and do a free show for everybody who came to your fucking show. So you're doing it. That's how you fucking do it, man. That's how you do it. The, you got, you Listen, you should never have a moment where you, someone's telling you what to do with your art. You control everything at every moment. And then, dude, they, they can figure out a way to make a dollar off of what you're doing as long as it's not taking any of your fucking money. That's how I do it. I just did Salt Lake City, Boise. It's like unbelievable. Like you're like, uh, these people all see me. Why should it, Why should anybody else be getting this fucking cash? I know the venue needs a little money. That's I, great. Uh, yeah. One more time? No, I get this guy. What was that? One more time. Sorry, you cut off right there. Oh, no worries. For some of these clubs, like, I like playing comedy clubs, and I get it. They got to run a business, but some of them, they got vaccine laws, so forget it. I mean, if you're going to be mandating that people have to have a COVID card, then, I mean, that doesn't, now it's a business decision. I can't go there. My fans can't go there. Mm. So that's doubt. And then other clubs, like, people just don't get back to me. Like, it's crazy. with the, Like, even when I'm on the road with Dave and I can tell them how many tickets we're moving, they just don't respond to emails. Like I actually, I did the Lincoln Lodge in Chicago recently and that guy was super cool. He got back to me right away. 
I showed up, he greeted me. He was super nice. It's like, he got some clubs where the owners are still cool and they just get it. Yeah. So many of them, they're just fucking cunts. Well, there's also something like I have a Dana for me. Like she deals with the suits. We call it send in the Jew, right? And she <laughs> well, goes the in Jew, there. Yeah, I'm that person. Yeah, and she goes in there and drops hammer on. And they have a totally different attitude when they're talking to what they think is a suit. I've seen compared it. Compared to right. the artist. Because the artists, they're just like, oh, you're going to play here because you're desperate for the gig. When a suit right. comes in where they got money all right in, there's like a whole different vibe. So, you know, that's my whole whole thing there. But you know what, dude? If they don't treat you well, don't go there. I've always said this a thousand times. You don't need to go in anywhere. You don't need to be. There's plenty of people that never played a comedy club in New York that fucking blew up or didn't play the comedy store or the improv or the Laugh Factory in L.A. That blew up. You go where you're loved, man. And if someone's bending over backwards to get you there, you go do it. Is it maybe it might be a little jankier. Who gives a fuck? Does the microphone work and the lights are on and then people are sat? That's all that really matters. I love playing comedy clubs. And for good comedy club owners out there, I love them. You know, the Miami Improv. I love the Miami. I'll go play there all the time. I'm not really a big my improv guy. But Miami, I'll go play because the staff there is really fucking nice. You know, they're really fucking nice. I used to play the Tampa Improv. They didn't want me, so now I'm playing Side Splitters. Super excited about that. I'm not going to go where I'm not wanting. I'm never begging anyone for a gig again ever in my life. And I'm just like, Doug Stanhope is the model that I want to do. 300 people in a room. That's on one night. That's the goal. Anything above that, you're putting your head, in my humble opinion, you're putting your head on a block. You're putting your head on a block and you're hoping they don't chop it. You just like, dude, I have no desire to get any, just a tiny bit bigger where it's 300 people in one venue like that. I'm getting the fuck out. I can go wherever I want. I can go to fucking, yeah. you know, Buffalo Wild Wings and have a <laughs> Buffalo sandwich and not get bothered by people. Maybe one guy in Michigan recognizes me. And when I'm at the bar, that's it. I want to live in a fucking prison. <laughs> now I respect the hell out of that, and uh, God bless that that three hundred goal. You're 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 way ahead of me in this. I'm still uh, I'm still trying to figure out how I can be getting up every night and working on jokes and getting like how old are you, like dude? A, uh, thirty three. You're thirty three years old. Oh, great, we're gonna hear about this Illuminati shit because of that. But uh, <laughs> you are, dude. I didn't start making money in comedy, and this is gonna sound absolutely insane to you. Till I was forty three years old. I'm 49 right now. When did, what, how old were you when you started? I started at 22. Oh, wow. I didn't Good for you, man. Really no, 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 I, I respect the hell out of that. It means like that you love this and you fucking, you know, you know what I mean? You, you did it. You I have it. no other skills. So this is it. <laughs> and it was like, well, looks like I'm going to be the guy had it, could have done it and just couldn't stop shooting himself in the foot. And now here we are having this conversation. It will come, dude. You're building your system right now. And if you got everything yeah. you wanted, you'd probably fuck it up. So if every fucking level is fought for, you appreciate that level and you never want to go back to the next level. So everything is a learning experience. There's a reason why it takes so long to get it. And in comedy, the true masters are older. That's why everything sucks right. because Hollywood wants you to think 22-year-olds know what they're doing because we all want to stick dicks in them, okay? <laughs> You're like, right. oh, I'd love to fuck you. You probably know how to do stand-up. Nope. You don't know what you're doing. And they're so young that they think if they comply, they'll fucking, they'll get some goal when they realize the goal isn't to comply. The goal is to burn down the system and do your own system. And that's what you're building. So just, yeah, keep- no, I agree. And it's all about work. Like to me, I just, I love working on jokes. Like it, it just brings me so much, like it's my favorite thing. Waking well, up in the morning, 
trying to find funny, trying to share funny, recrafting it, getting better at that. Like that, that's what I love for. Well, I love it. the first time I saw you do stand up was in Dave's show at Skank Fest. And, you know, I'm like, dude, you're the first one up and you just fucking hammered them. And I'm like, this is going to be a great fucking show. I could, you were a great writer. So you're on your way, dude. And I know you want the car and the action and all that stuff right now, but. <laughs> It's better to fucking get it when you're ready for everything in life is a learning lesson for when the big shit happens that you have all the tools to deal with it and you have appreciation of it. And that's big because I can't tell you how many fucking cunts there are in comedy that fucking got it real quick and it never got effed out of them that how lucky they were and how blessed they were. They thought they were the chosen one and they walk around like it. And guess what? What goes up must come down. How you treat Dude. people on the way up is how you'll get treated on the way down. And if you p treated people like shit on the way up, no one will fucking put their hand out to catch you. No, I agree with that 100%. I feel so lucky that I started, I think, like 24, 25, and I used to drink so much while I was doing stand-up. I mean, I'm still not like a sober guy, but like, I mean... I used to treat it like it was a party uh, and I'd be dead now. If I just hit like year one and I thought I was God gifts to comedy, I would have been doing like, you know what I mean? I just would have been dead within a year. Uh, dude, it's all good in the hood, brother. You're Absolutely. Doing great. And listen, dude, I mean, stumble early. It's the best. I wish a million failures on you, brother, before you get that thing <laughs> you want, because then you'll be ready for it and you'll have all the Kung Fu and all the defense and all the striking you need to take yeah. care of your shit. Rob, you came, you saw, you crushed. I appreciate it. I'm so happy we could get you in sooner than later. Uh, once again, tell them where they can find you. Uh, RobbieTheFire.com slash shows has all the dates. I got, uh, uh, when's this coming out? This will come out next Wednesday. Next Wednesday. So go to my YouTube, Robbie the Fire, uh, Robbie the Fire, all one word. Uh, I will be filming like a little end of year recap, all jokes about all this stuff. It's what I've been working on for the last uh, about six weeks or so. And I'm going to be cutting that up and putting it up on YouTube. So it'll be out probably just about the time this comes out. So that'll be, there you go. Find it right there. Well, brother, I appreciate you coming on. Please email me any links you want me to include in the description so they can find you. And I appreciate you coming on your G and it was a wonderful, I could go on for hours but I have to go see my kids. Uh, I, so I love you very much. I look forward to us gigging again. You're a great comic. And uh, I love what you and Dave are both doing. So thanks a lot. And to you guys, I love you very much. And uh, thanks for being a part of the journey. And I hope to see you on the other side of the year. I mean, I'm not doing any live shows after this. So we'll see how it goes. All right, guys. Love you guys very much. Thanks for support. I will talk to you soon. Take care. Bye. We go deep, homeboy. <laughs> Open your mind. <laughs> Drink from the fountain of knowledge. There's lizard people everywhere. <laughs> That's some interdimensional shit. <laughs> Wake up, Aaron. This is only the beginning. Dude, you just blew my mind. Tim foil hack, Tim foil hack, Tim foil hack.